Welcome to episode number 156 of the Church Collective Podcast. This one is super fun. You get a little bit of a behind-the-scenes look at uh, TCC and everything that we're about. We talk with Nate Parrish, one of our West Coast presenters, and he's just a guy that's been involved with Church Collective for years. He has an album called I'm a Wreck, and uh, Chris Bellamy, our co-host, also played saxophone on that album. So we just had a lot of fun talking about ideas on how to do worship when you're not actually meeting and just a lot of heart stuff and a lot of fun tangents. I apologize in advance for a lot of the uh, inside jokes and references to things you might not know. If you'd like to know about anything that didn't quite make sense in this episode, I'd ask you to go shoot us a DM on Instagram. Say, hey, I was listening to the Nate Parrish episode and I didn't understand the thing you talked about. We'd love to hear from you. Shoot us a DM on Instagram. It'll be me or Chris, and we'd love to chat with you over there. So let's jump in with episode 156 of the Church Collective Podcast. There we go. What do you mean it's a different way? Uh, I started it by being able to start a meeting that I could share a link to. Apparently, this is their comp- competition with Zoom, where you could do this without a Skype account. Oh, I see. They're trying to... Where did Zoom yeah. come from? Like, all of a sudden... I Because I remember Skype was... I think, yeah. like, oh, dude, we've used Zoom for years. I don't even know what Skype right. is. This all happened. It was like, what better you do Zoom? <laughs> I think what it is is uh, the uh, organizations and companies that use the Microsoft suite, mm-hmm. they just use Zoom because it's built in. That's Which right. is ironic because Microsoft owns Skype. So Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Maybe Zoom is Skype. Right. Facebook just added a similar thing now. You can do with Messenger, make rooms. Perfect. Everybody's trying to get in there. I wouldn't be surprised if Zoom and Skype like merged into one thing. Sure. Mega. It's just like mega streaming service where it's like three three D hologram. Yeah. Not that yet. This is compelling. This is compelling uh, podcasting right now. We, we're just throwing out ideas that people <laughs> make thousands off of, millions right. maybe. I'm surprised <laughs> Apple hasn't, like, messed with their FaceTime. Oh, it's, it's called FaceTime. Yeah, so it's gonna, you mean in a more professional way? Right, yeah. yeah. Apple's going to come out with something that you can do what we're doing now, but the deep fake is so real that it'll only be celebrities. You'll never see any normal people in meetings again. Like, no. the, it'll just be just celebrities' faces. <laughs> <laughs> Post. Or you'll just be uh, animojiing it the whole time. Oh gosh! <laughs> is that the what's the is that the thing that's going on right now that is driving me nuts? Is the on Facebook, dude? Okay, let's talk about that for a minute. Yeah, we can start that? there. Okay, why? It's just like Snapchat did with the bitmojis like four years ago. Why did Facebook? Everybody on Facebook decide that's important to do now? I don't know, <laughs> I don't... bro. It, it's like that whole. <laughs> I think <clears throat> it's just a, it's kind of how society works. You see someone do a thing and you're like, that's the thing we do. And then <laughs> you do it. And then before you know it, it's, it's just like a cruel joke that people are playing on. It's like, we got them to spend time making cartoons of themselves. What an idiot. <laughs> Meanwhile, they take your bank card information while you do it. And then. Oh, it's easy. Yeah. It's a small <laughs> little charge. <laughs> I, I try to not participate in those. I just like to share conspiracy theories. I feel like that's oh. way more responsible. Absolutely. That's what the internet's for. It's <laughs> good stuff. How are you guys doing in the quarantine? Have you just been in that room just like for months? Forgot to talk. All right. <laughs> uh, we're, we're just, you know, freaking busy. It's like we took over the church. I mean, my department just yeah went like full bore and they're loving like i'm massively indispensable and yeah it's been good times been busy but like basically like it all shut down and me and like the three or four guys on my team are like step aside boys that's right we got this like <laughs> we just right. took it all over yeah yeah i saw you did uh was it the minecraft deal i got on the news <laughs> i thought that was super tight man um, it was fun. You would have enjoyed, like, we started it, and, like, so it's just a bunch of junior hires, like, running it that have, like, the admin powers. Yeah. And then, like, it was just absolute chaos for the first five minutes because they didn't. Judah, my son's 12, and, like, so he told me how to make it creative, but, like, not so people could blow up stuff, but he forgot to turn off TNT, which is, like, explosive blocks. And it's like, oh, no, someone has TNT. Like, all the kids are on a group call, and they're like, oh, no, they're blowing <laughs> up that. Like, the whole Easter Bunny got just, like, destroyed. They're like, shut it down. Shut the server down. Shut it down. Like, right. like, 
We had to like pause and redo it. Yeah. It was never great. want to do egg hunts ever again. This is what we're doing now. Yeah, it was just absolute chaos for the first bit. And then, yeah, then it got okay. It's true. Like once the, the corn, so interesting, I was thinking about this. We did the church collective conference and then it was like the next week, right? Was After, pretty- yeah. So I'm, I'm thankful we got to do that because it was super fun. <laughs> right. But then it was like, I remember it was a Thursday and because I do, you know, I'm head of the creative department here. So it's like, hey, so we can't have church anymore. So uh, we need to figure out how to do online services like today for Sunday. Okay. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, cool. Um, but, you know, we, you know, we've been doing church. on. It was good because we were kind of headed that direction. Anyways, yeah. we wanted to utilize the online streaming platform. But we were kind of thinking we'll kind of take our time and maybe get good at it first. Nah. Oh, sure. Nah. In three days. Yeah. So it's been, uh, yeah, like I, I said, um, I've never been busier here. Um, <laughs> never. Right. Like, it's almost like an endless amount of things yeah. you can do because on top of services, now you also have to try to make ways to keep people engaged throughout the week because there's no more, like we're doing classes, groups. There's no more youth. There's no more kids. So you have to yeah. like all, yeah, somehow do yeah. all that. And then you have like peers and coworkers and stuff who are like, man, I just got so much. It's great to be home with family. I'm getting <laughs> yeah. yard, yard work done. I'm like, yeah, that feels cool, man. Yeah, cool, right? cool. <laughs> Me too, right? That's awesome. Uh, yeah, I left my office today. That was the first time I did that in a, a month. So that's cool. <laughs> um, no, but it, it's been really, uh, yeah, it's, it's, I would prefer, obviously, quote unquote church is normal right. but it's been interesting like we we had um over the first month or five weeks it was like 60 people had done the raise your hand salvation thing on the online platform yeah and so you know that's like 60 people who are you know they're um they do like the whole thing where they raise their hand and then and then a host will contact them and walk them through like the salvation prayer stuff 60 people which you know that's a lot for, for us. Right. Like, you know, that's, sure. we didn't have that, those numbers for like maybe the whole year and it happened in weeks wow. um, due to, I think just there's, you know, all the factors, but the accessibility of church online and people who are like looking for some sort of answer, hope, something. Yeah. You know, and now they can just, they're not intimidated. They don't have to go to a building and, and feel whatever they can watch. And so it's kind of an interesting, weird, you know, silver lining. That's kind of, come up of it yeah sure what platform are you using we do the uh, church online platform the craig rochelle deal Mm -hmm. um we like that because uh especially i mean it was short like i said it was literally thursday we had to set this up for sunday so um but the uh interaction that you can do on there and you can customize it a little bit within you know their guidelines but like you know you can set up tabs it's like i'm new here um, I want to, I want to request prayer. We have hosts that are there and they, they, if someone does that, they can contact them. And then it's like a private chat between the two of them and they can walk through whatever, you know, if they want to request prayer, stuff like that. So there's all kinds of cool interactive things that you can do. Um, which is what we wanted to use as a platform. Cause we were kind of, you know, you could do YouTube and you could do Facebook live and all that. And that's, that's great too. I think the thing we were, we put as a priority was, uh, keeping people engaged with, other people like in real time and so and there's analytics and all kinds of stuff that you can you know kind of see where who's watching when and retention time and all kinds of like fun stuff you can nerd out on so yeah what do you guys you you guys didn't have you weren't doing any streaming at all before that no so we actually it's funny (laughs) because about about a couple weeks before that we had set up like the online platform task force Mm mm-hmm and I asked myself, won't that interfere with your other task force? No, this is going to take precedence. Um, that's a Dwight reference. But, uh, yeah, so we, we were going that direction. And then all of a sudden, we just had to accelerate and step on the gas. So we weren't. We were just um, filming the services and posting them online, no worship or anything like that. Uh, okay, so you already had cameras and stuff. You just yeah. Weren't- Got it. Got it. Okay. Yeah, it was kind of weird. Like we we had that a couple weeks before that we were setting up our cameras in preparation to start um, testing those things, like testing a, how we would mix down our worship audio and make it sound you know decent for streaming. And we added like a, um, 
I forget what you call it, but it's one of those cameras where you can basically set it up and it will follow um, like a, a marker mm-hmm. uh, if they're remote. Uh, so stuff like that, we were already kind of, and then all of a sudden, oh, cool, we get to use them now. Yeah. So, um, but it's been a fun learning curve. You know, we haven't had any major uh, blowouts or anything, you know, like, um, you know, we, we've we've been able to kind of hit the ground running with it, yeah. So, it's been fun. Yeah, it's amazing how um, <laughs> just in two months people have evolved with their, I mean, I know our live stream went from just being a static shot to multiple cameras per presenter, like, oh yeah, you know, all kinds of graphics and videos and everything. Everything is like every like uh, creative director that's over the stream now is like Martin Scorsese, you know, he's yeah. like, <laughs> slow zoom into the pastor when he talks about <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, all this production value all of a sudden. Well, cause you kind of like, you know, you, especially we've been doing it now for what, two months. Yeah. That seemed, that's insane. Right. Like, uh, so you're going from in, live in person to, to on TV or wherever in a matter of days. And then you're doing that for foreseeable future. So you kind of have to like creatively come up with ways to keep it interesting you know, uh, within reason, like, obviously we're not doing any, like, you know, Michael Bay, like slow pan arounds with like the <laughs> lens flares, you know, the JJ Abrams lens flares or stuff. Yeah. I've been, <laughs> I've been trying to get my guy to add that he won't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I think that'd be hilarious, but, um, you know, you kind of have to like, yeah, we added, you know, camera angles. We flirted with like, what if we have people on stage? You know, have you seen that where people sit in the, I actually love shelter cove, how you guys have your setup. Um, I, I love that. Uh, we, the reason we didn't do it is because I'm like, our people have weird faces, man. They're just <laughs> weird. They're gonna, they're weird sitting. Like if I was sitting in the background while Pastor Rest is preaching, I'd be like, and they realize I'm on camera. You know, I'm like, oh yeah, that's good. You know, you know. So we don't want to go through that whole scenario, but um, but we're gonna try doing like we're gonna film you know some worship outside in, in the next couple of weeks and cool. put that in and. Because before we were doing it live, like actual live. So me, Rachel, and uh, Jim Schmidt, he's our uh, our other worship guy, we would do it live on stage and then try to get more people involved. So we do it live on stage and then have people record from home and we put it together. And now we're doing full-on quarantine style where everyone films themselves at home. Uh, I put it together. Um, yeah, and cool. Our guy mixes the audio. Yeah. So what do you guys use? For your, um, you guys just do Facebook or do you – Use something else for your streaming. Okay, you go first, Chris, and then I'll jump into all our stuff. We use um, churchstream.tv. Cool. Which is also called Your Stream. I don't know. It's it's weird. It's like churchstream.tv, but the website's Your Stream. Hmm. Um, and then it pushes to like our app. Cool. And then people, so people watch it in the app, or they can just watch it. Like we send out a link, um, like an email link. Or they can just go to our website and watch it. But we're not doing Facebook um, or YouTube. <laughs> so let me ask you, how come you're not doing Facebook? I'm always curious to see the reasons. So, um, well, first off, we only had – we were running it all on one iMac, oh. which which is already kind of like stressing that out, you know. And so we went from just having one one shot to having multiple cameras, you know, adding the, we've got another iMac connected to it with a black magic interface running the pro presenter and like all of a sudden the CPU usage just like shot through the roof. Yeah. And, um, and so we're sending out three streams, like a HD stream, kind of a, I guess, um, really low quality stream and then a mobile stream. And if I were to add Facebook and YouTube, it would be even more stress on it without just getting a new computer. Yeah. And, you know, since the church is kind of like um, in saving money mode right now, you know, okay. so um, it'd be nice to get like a one of those new Mac Pros, but, you know, they're like $30,000. So, yeah. yeah, we're just running off two iMacs. Um, plus, um, my fear is always once it goes on Facebook or YouTube, <laughs> you know, you have that 
the chance that at any moment you could go on worship fails. You, I was literally going to say you're gonna you're just setting yourself up for worship fails, dude. Yeah. So <laughs> so when, after we're done with it, we um we cut out the message and put that on a podcast so that people can just get the message. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, so we do. We started when this all went down. We started using the Facebook and YouTube Premiere feature. So like we would prepare mm-hmm. the whole video and then put it up to Premiere it, and then. Uh, was it like two weeks into it? Facebook started running into a glitch where anytime anyone would start a watch party, the premiere would restart. And so oh, cool. <laughs> like in, in real time. So we just like the premieres kept like going. So at that point we decided, you know what, we're just going to, we still, we pre-record our whole service, but then we put it into uh, our broadcasting system now, which is a lot of, we will just say a lot of words if you're listening and you know, you figure out what that is. It's a TriCaster into uh we use obs and then it goes to restream.io and then we also use a thing called lula.tv and then we go to youtube and facebook twitch even instagram like we're uh, all over the place aiming I'm for t- sure TikTok. Those all have words but yeah i'll take your word for it <laughs> wow but yeah that's our our we and that does that run and runs into the um philosophy of like if you keep it on one place you can kind of get all the attention and all the uh analytics and stuff like that so are just kind of we're just kind of scattering it as yeah. far and wide as we can and then we do a lot of like intentional calls to action and we put links to like yeah. we have like an i'm new or i just joined like we have a link we're like hey if you're brand new we want to hear from you if you made a decision we want to hear from you so we're pushing people into clicking those things to kind of gather that mm-hmm. so but yeah. yeah we've seen go ahead see that's the important thing now that's i think that's why we just went with uh, the church online deals because it was those tabs you could they were there and you could kind of right. customize them so you know maybe that first week i think it was like one of the tabs was like check out our instagram or whatever <laughs> and so we figured out no one cares about that um right. but now it morphed into what you actually see people are like you know like there's obviously a request for prayer and like invite there's an invite someone to church uh tab yeah. which is rad um so yeah it's just like it's just it's super interesting i think that first week though church online crashed Oh yeah, that was great. <laughs> yeah, so what, the real fun part was like, so you do all the work, and then I had a Sunday off, which is the first time in like a hundred years. So I was like, I don't even know what to do with myself. But I woke up, and sure enough, you know, seven a.m. All these like Slack messages and texts. It's not working. My screen's black. And <laughs> so I run over to the office and like right. check it out. And there's nothing that we're doing. It's that it was crashing. Yeah, you like, yeah it was just too many people. <laughs> too many people, dude, and. uh yeah, those are those are fun trying to navigate those and yeah. But um, they got it. I think it only was like that for the first two weeks. <clears throat> yeah. So Facebook yeah. added a uh, a donate button maybe a month ago, which is really cool for the stream. You can actually like tie your church in there, and yeah. we're seeing a lot like a lot of good traction with that. Surprisingly, yes. we we didn't think it would make that big of a difference, but like a lot of people are like, yeah, all right, and they throw chunks of money at it yeah the convenience of it i don't do my tithing like that but i guess if facebook puts a button there i'm like i'll better tithe like yeah. it's Is that interesting. What, uh, all your lightsabers came from was just like the, i was about the to church say money. Wow. <laughs> everything behind him hey. is from the facebook this is not <laughs> check it out check it out yeah uh that's it Brian no. himself added that. Tab. I got no, com- I got no comeback for that, <laughs> dude. I'm, I'm in front of an American flag with a bunch of, yeah. yeah. This is, this is how I roll. You got all. For those of you that are listening, you should maybe make sure you go check this out on YouTube, so you yes. can just really get the full experience. Get the all. full experience and make sure you click that donate button, man. We're, we're just right. We're just donate button. No. <laughs> Don't make one. <laughs> nah, but. Yeah, it's it's interesting times. Are you uh so you're still leading worship still on top of that as well? Me? Both of you guys? Both of, yeah. Well I'm yeah, like I like I was saying at the beginning, when when this all hit, my and my team, and I think this has been a lot of the thing for a lot of worship leaders, because in especially a lot of churches, the worship leader kind of becomes the default creative director, even though there isn't like a creative director there, because it's like yeah. for some reason the worship leaders and musicians tend to at least be a little bit tech savvy. I don't know why, I guess because we have to figure out how to use a metronome app or something so we're smarter on technology so kind of default so yeah i do i mean we do we pre-do our worship service like we'll we'll get together and we'll do like a dozen songs with a small worship team Mm -hmm. and then we have like a few weeks worth of worship so yeah i'm still in the mix on that side of it yeah yeah i get it so you guys do like a few weeks i I, yeah like i said i was watching your uh your worship stuff i like it it's really good it's It's tasty quality and everything so but uh 
yeah, we 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 kept the ball with the band really small on purpose. Just kind of people who are core. Sure. Um, you know, because you, you don't really know where everyone's at, and you don't want to seemingly pressure them like, "Hey, come do worship," and you know, right. not comfortable. Um, but even for us, there was a point where Rachel, because you know she's pregnant, obviously, um, and so she was like, "I just don't want to go out there anymore." Yeah. Like, cool. So. All right. All right. All right. So we just went full on like quarantine style, and um, it's a lot of work, but it, you can. It looks really cool, you know, having everyone. Yeah. Because now you can just be like, you know, everyone can be a part of it, and yeah. it's people an opportunity who maybe haven't recorded before to like, you know, we got some guys who are they purchased Logic specifically so they could start tracking um, oh, wow. stuff for worship. Yeah, so it's been cool. So um, yeah. Is that like a practical? Like, did you, everybody need Logic? Like, I'd love to hear. I mean, because everybody, there's a lot of people, especially at the start. Maybe everybody that needs to know has figured it out. But like you're yeah. talking, is stitching all the videos of everybody leading maybe just practically how did you sync that up and how are people giving you files and stuff like that yeah yeah well a lot of it's trial and error honestly but um so logic you know is a kind of a i don't know what to call it but a lot of people use logic but like we have a guy who will use GarageBand. yeah we'll just literally has an amp in his house mic it up track in garage band we have our keyboard player who has another interface i'm not sure what he's using but he's also using garage band um, our vocalists somehow they'll just record on their phone. Yeah. Our uh, our production guy will just take the raw the audio from the phone and clean it up. And I think he uses um, Pro Tools. Okay. Um, and Ableton. I'm not sure which which he's doing. And then he'll take that audio and somehow clean that up. And so we'll have a Google Drive basically where. Everyone has the band has access to it, and they can click on the different folders. Like so, for example, you click on reference files, and that has you, you have everything from so the song. He breaks the song down by instrument, so you can get uh, the song minus the drums or the song minus the vocals. And then he'll also have a click and cues track, so you can line it all up. Click, you can throw yeah. in the cues in there if you want that, and then you can record to what you want, like what your preferences. So um, for me, for example, I like I like recording to our actual band. So I wait till like Tuesday or Wednesday, and he gives me a rough mix down of what our drummer and bass player have actually tracked, and yeah. then I record my guitar and vocals on top of that because it gives me a better idea of what the song actually is going to sound like, as opposed to recording over the MP3 of, you know, the actual song. Right. Sure. And if we have two guitar players too, you kind of hear what he's doing. Um, and so you can kind of complement it that way. Uh, and then, uh, so he'll, he'll do a mix down. I'll start putting the video together, usually on like Monday morning. And what I do is I'll, I use Premiere and I'll drag in every song's uh, master file. And then I'll put the cues on top of that because it'll give you a count in, like yeah. intro, two, three, four, and you can see those wave files. So, and then what I did was we instructed our band, if you're, if you're tracking to headphones, and there's no live sound, they'll give a two, three, and then I'll sync up their uh, their cues to the to the um, what do you call it? the cues track. Gracious. And I usually do it by weight. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, right. Because you can kind of line them up better that way, as opposed to trying to read their lips or look at what they're doing with their, you know, yeah. how playing their instrument. And I'll just start stacking them on top of each other and. Um, Make sure you group them together because I've done that right. before. I've accidentally like moved a file and I didn't know it, and I was like, "Why does it sound so off?" Well, I accidentally clicked <laughs> something, and yeah. Uh, so, uh, and then I'll just start splicing it up. And over uh, over time, I've gotten uh, I've had more margin to be more creative with it because the first one was just like, "Here's a band," and that's what you get, you know. And then after a while, I was kind of like, "Okay, the drums come in first here." And then when the bass comes in, then he'll splice him in and, and rearrange things that way. So the song is a little bit more interesting to watch. Yeah. But not necessarily like trying to distract, you know, sure. with yeah. like the quick changes and stuff. So, yeah, it's a whole process. And, you know, you get done. I, I usually get done on a Saturday, Friday night or a Saturday. Right. So, yeah. Start <laughs> rendering it and uploading it and make sure it's done on Saturday. And then I turn right back around. I'm doing it again. Sometimes on Sunday, yeah, uh, because I want to get a head start. It's crazy, yeah. What are you using to edit the video? Final Cut, Premiere. 
Oh, Premiere. I'm using Premiere, yeah. I, I've never used really anything else besides you know iMovie, but um, Premiere is, uh, I like it. I don't, yeah, I like it. it. At first it was kind of a foreign language to me because it's a, it's a PC program, I think, right, technically. But um, I use Mac. I'm on my Mac right now, but my, I had to get a faster computer because once I started editing, I realized that my laptop can't do it. <laughs> it can't. And, and so I had to um, get a desktop and get used to using a PC. So, yeah, it's been a lot of work, but it's cool. That's cool. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. So I get to edit uh, Chris Bellamy this week. Uh, his, saxophone, his saxophone files. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> every, every time I show someone, so you've played sax on two of my songs. They're just like, what? Yeah. I know a guy. He plays saxophone. It's no big deal. <laughs> you might remember him from the Careless Whisper worship video on, uh, yeah. on the I'm internet. Trying, I'm trying to convince him to play that little Gandalf bobbin head saxophone thing. I don't know if you've seen that video rolling around. but it's, no. it's You're great. the only you, one that's seen that, Ryan. No, you, you've seen it. I know you have. Just because <laughs> you showed it to me. <laughs> we'll have to send it to you later. He I, thinks it's the greatest thing ever. I, you need to do it. You put Gandalf bobbing his head on every screen you can possibly find. and then there's How about I just do it right rip. now? And that, and then oh, please. Post that. <laughs> I'll slice it right out of there. Your sax is right there. I see it right <laughs> there. <laughs> I love it, dude. It's it, uh, Yeah, so if you don't know, so Chris, Chris is... Uh, I have two songs. I have a working on a, an album, and I had him play. I just had this idea. It's like I have to, even if it doesn't necessarily work, I need to at least try to have a saxophone on one of these songs because it's just I love it, dude. It's so rad, and uh, <laughs> it turns out on the song that you did, it actually works great. It sounds awesome. And then uh, we did a, a cover of a social distortion song, totally not a saxophone style song at all. But again, Chris did his thing, and it. it Freaking rules, so yeah. You're not you're not going to grab that sack, are you, Chris? I'm watching. Oh, is that what you're waiting for? It's just right there. It's right In there. Hands. It's not. I don't. I don't. What do I got? I got a lava lamp. You got lightsabers, bro. I don't have a I got lightsabers. I don't have a saxophone now. So um, you know, Shelter Cove's been doing their um. They've been sending me their mixes to mix and master for their. So Chris I've been doing their our mixing guy. Cool. sound for the videos and uh <laughs> maybe i think we've we've done at least like 30 songs now or something something we've been doing it for two months and uh like a couple weeks in james uh texts me <laughs> and it's like bro is there is there a saxophone in one of these songs <laughs> and i was like no why did you have a sax player there and he's like Bro, I swear there's sax at the end of this. I think the song is like faithful to the end. And I'm like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. And then Ryan's like, bro, did you put some sax? <laughs> like, nah, man, I did not. There's no way I just snuck in some sax in there. You know, like, why would you have sax but no sax player on on the video? I don't know. It makes no That'd sense. That'd be a weird thing. It was right in there. Didn't James Duke call you a child for doing that? No, he thought it, that was awesome. It's freaking awesome, dude! I said it's my yeah. um my personal version of flight or fight club, not flight club, fight club. What saxophone is one of those instruments because it's not readily accessible. Like there's not like a bunch of people running around with saxophones, you know. <laughs> uh, unless you're like in a music video from the '80s and you're just on the corner, like yeah. usually doesn't happen. But it instantly make songs just cooler it's just one of those instruments yeah what what brought it back into pop culture chris or like what made it cool all of a sudden is it the midnight was it was the midnight nah, it, it was actually uh i think the 1975 really pushed it back in really okay yeah did they so i'm one of the few people on planet earth who hasn't really listened to them do they, they have saxophone in their stuff yeah so they they had um they had a sax player for their live shows mm -hmm. but they didn't really have a ton of songs in their first two albums with sax just a just a couple things here and there and it was mostly like background like super verbed out you know mm -hmm. and uh and since the guy has like he's now like a straight up member of the band and like if you if you listen to their most 
recent single, he's got like a just straight up solo in the middle of the song, you know. I feel but, like, yeah. was, um, you know, like I love uh, Bruce Springsteen and that whole era of sort of like American rock and roll. Yeah. So that it's it's been there. It's never gone anywhere. But uh, the whole resurgence of like, I guess it's synthwave. Is that what you would call it, Chris? Like the '80s yeah. pop stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um. Actually, uh, Sean, your brother, uh, sent me the Midnight. I remember vividly. I was at the gym. And it was like four years ago, and he sent me this song. He's like, Nate, stop what you're doing. You're going to love this. And I was like, yeah, you know, Sean sends me stuff like sure. he did that when he sent me like Piano Kitty or whatever. <laughs> so I was like, all right, I'll check it out. And sure enough, I was like, dude, what is this? It's pretty cool. Because it instantly takes you back to like, you know. Like an 80s, 80s arcade like, fighting game. You're going to get sucked into the world and help save the princess or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah dude. I think <laughs> I'm pretty sure what happened was so he, so his church, his p- previous church, Higher Vision, had me. I played all the guitar parts on their albums. Right. And then I added, we were talking about making one like have like a M83 type vibe. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then I said, Oh, you like M83? It's like, yeah. And I was like, oh, well, you would love The Midnight. And I sent that to him. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, after that, it was like, it was on. Yeah. He's <laughs> like, we're do- just so you know, we're redoing the whole album. <laughs> it's saxophone on everything. <laughs> saxophone is now the lead instrument. No more acoustics or guitars. That stuff sucks. No, I'm waiting for it. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, probably for like 10 years, I only did sessions with it. I never played live. Mm. I mean, because it just fell out of style. Yeah. And then, like, maybe, like, four or five years ago, it started coming back in. And, like, some of the artists that I played for were, were like, you have a saxophone? And I was like, yeah. You know, like, and yeah. they're like, I didn't know that. Why don't you bring it? You know, and then. Because <laughs> like, it's a saxophone. <laughs> yeah. And so, but then, um, yeah, the more that, like, that 80s vibe started coming in, like, the guy Mike Lee I play with, he loves the Midnight, he loves that whole style, and so, like, I mean, when we play live, I have a sax solo almost everything, <laughs> like... It, you know, I think there's a bunch of, like, clarinet players who grew up playing, like, clarinet, they're just waiting, like, it's gonna happen, dude. <laughs> it's gonna be my time to shine. Right. <laughs> there's gonna be Indeed. a clarinet wave of, you know... There was this big giveaway. Uh, there's this Instagram called Better Sacks, and there was this big giveaway, and the, they announced the winners today. And the guy goes, "We had seventy five thousand entries," and I commented, "I said, the fact that there's seventy five thousand sax players out there blows my mind." <laughs> <You're> <laughs> like, hey, dude, they've just been like, "Man, I should have learned how to play guitar. This is dumb." And then all, <laughs> all of a sudden, it's like they're the like the most the coolest artists out there. Yeah, right. I've met a lot that have. They're guitar players now, and you find out they were sax players in like high school. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of uh, I know a lot of musicians that started with some sort of like brass or something like that. You know, that's in school and stuff. Like, you know, I think even Rachel was like a played flute or something. You know, when she first started, yeah. I, somehow that was never a part of my life. It it was it was hidden from me. <laughs> Was, You're too busy shoving those guys in lockers. Yeah, I was too busy getting shoved in lockers. <laughs> That's why you got the bicep now, right? Just, yeah, now, now, yeah, I'll give it a try. But <laughs> yeah, I, I bypassed all that. I didn't touch. I didn't touch a guitar till my 18th birthday. Really? Yep. Wow. I, I know it's which is I'm super late to the game, but I loved music. Like I loved uh, the Cars was like my favorite band growing up. And, um, uh, you know, I got into like punk rock my senior year and Metallica, all the, you know, typical like metal. I had a lot of metalhead friends, but I think I just decided I was like, I, I saw what the moment was I saw Pearl Jam on the MTV Music Awards. They did a song with Neil Young called Rockin' in the Free World. You yeah, know I know exactly what you're talking about. You know what I'm talking about? So I watched that with my dad and I was like, dude, this rules. I already loved Pearl Jam. And then there's this old guy who also rules who I'm starting to look like. And um, they played, and then they destroyed everything on stage. Yeah. And I wasn't sure what they were talking about. I knew it was important. Like, they were talking about some sort of injustice or something. But I, I could tell, I was like, they mean it. And then they yeah. took everything and for, like, a long time. They were just smashing things for, like, three minutes. 
And I was like, I think I need to do that. And I just <laughs> asked my dad, I was like, hey, could I have a guitar? And my 18th birthday, I woke up and there's a guitar and a little Epiphone tweed amp that he just guessed that would be okay. And it was just in the, in the living room. And then I, that, so that for the next, you know, up until now, I think when I first got it, I played for probably four or five hours a day. Um, yeah, just like nonstop. I had a friend who was really good in guitar and he loved like Stevie Ray Vaughan and all that kind of stuff. And he was just a beast. And I insulted him by asking, I was like, can you show me how to play this Green Day song? <laughs> he goes, no. <laughs> I'm like, come on. He's like, why do you want to learn that crap? I was like, cuz I like it. It's punk rock. <laughs> so he showed me a bar chord. And he's like, here's a bar chord. Just move it around the neck until you find something that sounds like what they're doing. And that's what I just did. Game over. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just slightly better now. Like, just... <laughs> I at least know what the chords are called now, but yeah, it was so I don't remember cool learn other instruments, but for me it was um, uh, when I started getting into the sa our guitar was um, two two things. It was uh, Stone Temple Pilots first album. When I heard Plush, like mm -hmm. I rode my bike to the there. I knew there was like a guitar shop down the street, and I rode my bike there and I asked for a book. And my dad had like an '80s, like white '80s shredder guitar, and I just I didn't know what tabs were or anything, you know. And I I had already studied music, but I I didn't know guitar, and so and and then the second thing was uh, Lenny Kravitz, "Are You Gonna Go My Way?" <laughs> That's a good one. Like when that video came out, I was like, okay, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. You know, people were in that weird, like round yeah. pit and yeah. they were going nuts, you know, like, and I was like, that's it. And Kravitz had that like bell bottom jumpsuit on. Yeah. Yep. Heck yeah. yeah. That's that why you it. wore those, the jumpsuit all the time, huh? That's okay. That's not pictures of you, kids. See little <laughs> in that jumpsuit with his saxophone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My, uh, I guess since we're telling stories, my story is terrible. I'm not really proud of it, but it's also kind of funny. I uh, went uh, to a Christian high school and we had a chapel team and I was 15. And uh, the guitarist friend of mine was talking about how difficult guitar was. And for whatever reason, like I had no idea how to play. I was like, no, that doesn't look hard. And he's like, prove it. And I, like I did. And I came back in a month. I'm like, see, and and I was and worship for you guys. <laughs> So you you literally learned it out of spite. Yeah, I was like, I'll show this guy he's not good. Because I was just heckling him. Like, that doesn't look hard. Like, you do it. All right, I will. Come and on. then the Lord uses all situations for his good, I suppose. That's right, dude. <laughs> you didn't play anything before that? I didn't. Yeah, my parents did a contemporary worship band when they were, like, I, I saw I was little. I, I used to be actually mad because our living room would be a studio that they'd have, like, the you know, come do Lord, I lift your name on high and practice that for church and stuff. And I was like, why can't we just be a normal family without these amps and <laughs> keyboards and drum set? I just want a couch in our living room, guys. Hated it. <laughs> Were they like super pumped when you started playing a guitar? They're like, finally, the family band is coming together. I suppose. Yeah, I, I think so. Because, you know, Sean, my brother, yeah. uh, there's, a, there's a lot of like very deep references here. If you're listening, I apologize, everybody. Yeah. But yeah, my brother started playing drums and he was like two so he was just like the drummer for the family. And I was always like the video game guy that didn't like all the musicians in the house. And, yeah. and your dad plays bass. Dad plays bass. Slaps yeah. that bass. <laughs> I remember that, dude. Going over there, Papa Lochi. He still grabs the bass like, look at this slapping. And it's like, <laughs> it's, you know, not quiet. <laughs> but he's real proud of it. <laughs> it's jazzy. Yeah. Yeah, you got some deep roots there. I, uh, uh, yeah, when I met Sean, so... Again, Sean is Ryan's brother. Yeah, How he I, works at The Belonging. There's our reference. If you're listening to this, yes. he works at The Belonging. This is a legitimate, we are legitimate people, guys. There's so, <laughs> many, there's so many paths that cross between all of us. Yeah. Sean's yeah. this fictional character that uh, unites us all. Yeah, he's like, this is like the Avengers. He's kind of a little bit Nick Fury. He's yeah. the Nick Fury for sure, especially yeah. in the looks department. But he, <laughs> I, I met Sean when I went to Calvary, which is in Modesto, which is where you guys were. So, um, well, not Chris, but me, you know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. And I, I hadn't been a part of worship at all, but I went to a Christian school 
And so I remember chapel. I didn't like chapel necessarily. And the reason why, it wasn't because I didn't like worship or anything. I always looked and I thought the musicians, because my friend played drums and I knew he could shred. Like he loved metal and uh, he could do all the double bass and stuff. So I'd always talk him into doing double bass during worship. <laughs> so he would do a fill and it's like, and then he would just go right back to doing whatever. Right. But I was always frustrated because I'm like, how come they are not rocking? I never understood <laughs> that. I was like, you're singing about God and how he's like the greatest thing on earth or the universe or ever, but you're doing this song that is so slow and boring and you, you don't even seem like you like it. And that always bothered me. I'm like, I don't get it. Because I'm like, if I ever got to, I actually said, if I ever got to be in a band and I was going to sing about God, I was going to do it with conviction. Like, yeah. I just want to do the whole, Lord, I lift your name on high. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> dude. dude. So, um, that always frustrated me. But when I got to Modesto, <clears throat> I got involved in worship through the youth group, which Sean was in the youth group because I'm a little bit older. And he was the drummer. And I remember he used to, um, he used to drum with a camel back. A camel back on, but he put coke in it. I remember that. <laughs> so I remember that. <laughs> so I, I met Sean because we, uh, I started doing worship with them, and Sean was on the drums at the time. And then right. I realized like Sean could do every instrument on planet Earth. Right. So, um, eventually. Except for the sax. Not the sax. Except for the sax. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's weird how like you, uh, like you got into worship because out of out of spite <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and and you know like we're, all these different ways that it really is god kind of orchestrates things like if you look back yeah, yeah. there's there's no way i would have thought i would have been leading worship at all you know this sure. is not was never my thing i always wanted to just be a punk rocker and and do bands and stuff and somehow it's just like a series of events of like literally someone saying you play guitar I'm like yeah uh, you come play in the worship band, and for me, I was like, it's a, it's, it's an excuse to play guitar. Right, so I was right. like, cool, I'll, I'll do it. And then yeah. there it is. Yeah, and it was, yeah, like, was literally how I got at this church. Was like, it was like, oh, you play guitar? We don't have one of one of that. Come here. <laughs> here I am, twenty years later. On stage. There you go. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Chris, did you did you you grew up in a Christian household? Were you going to church and stuff when you were a kid? Nah. No, not at all. Oh, here we know. go. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> nah, um, I went to church like from till I was like five. Went to a Catholic Catholic church, okay. but my dad um, didn't go to church. And when I turned five, he, I think he told my mom like, "I don't think you shouldn't bring him anymore" or something. I don't know how. I, I just stopped going somehow, and um, and so I didn't even think about it until. I got into college cool. and um, but I was already a music major and then you know I had started playing professionally and then um, I got saved by I was in Richmond with the uh, my colleges um, like the basketball team was really good they were they went to the state champ or not state champion the what do you call it sports NC NCAA, the, they were the champions, the, the country the champions. <laughs> um, they went to the championship that year, and so we were traveling around, and I was in that pep band that went with them. So kind of like the marching band that just sits in the stands, you know, and mm -hmm. paints their faces. Um, but that was part of my my scholarship to to do that. I had to do that. And um, these guys brought me to church. Um because it, we were passing through their, their like their home city, and um, and I didn't want to go, but then I, I went, and I remember the the pastor was like, you know, when you're like, man, this guy does this guy know who I am? Like, what is he talking to me? You know, like, and then the the more it went on, I was like, this guy is really talking to me. Somebody must have <laughs> told him about me, you know, like, and so next thing you know, I'm at the altar like crying. Like <laughs> that's, how, that's how it do be. <laughs> and then yeah. turns out he didn't even know I was like going to be there that day, you know, but you know, you'd think, you'd think right. he's like, you're the only one in the room. So he's like, is there a kid here? Who's like, I don't know, stop going to church at five. And like, he's like one of the only people on earth that plays a saxophone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that, that's when it changed. I, like everything I thought, um, like I, I actually had, I was planning on going, taking a, gig with the you know the temptations yeah the group the temptations uh yeah so i got 
offered to <laughs> they were going to do a re- Who's that? Well, they had <laughs> they had offered I got an offer to go on their reunion tour cuz I just I had played with Gladys Knight right before that and and I was super young too. I was like 19 or 20 and I and then I that's that's right when that happened. I remember thinking that like at that moment like all music is bad and I need to just quit music. And so I turned it down (laughs) and I like, I completely like stepped away from playing professionally. And I thought, you know, cause I associated, I associated like music with drugs and alcohol. Like, you know, I grew up in the jazz realm and everything where it's pretty normal. And so I, I thought, I really thought I had to put everything down and like not, not do any music. And so, Took me a little while to get back into it. No, that there was a time when uh, I did. I had a not a experience like that, but the the mindset of like if it's not Christian or you know, because back in the day, we're all old enough to where you can remember a Christian bookstore. It's like if you like Blink One Eighty Two, you'll love Noggin Toboggan or whatever. <laughs> it's, so there's always like the uh, dollar store version of like what was like normal, I guess, in the world. Right. And so you could get like, oh man, I really like Metallica's music, but I can't enjoy it because it's literally evil and satanic because yeah. it's not church music. And that was a that was a mindset that, you know, I kind of went back and forth on because I loved like Ramones and Social D and like all this kind of bands, Misfits, you know, stuff that was like, I just like the way they sound. And there really isn't a, and nor should there be like a supple, like a an alternate version of that. Like I think Christian music a lot of times got into just being like, okay, what do people like? Well, they like this. Okay, we got to do that so we can redeem it. Instead of being like, granted, maybe you know this band isn't Christian, but they're doing art. They're making art, and that gifting, whether they like know it or not, or you know, comes from God. It's like God. God's the inventor of music. It's not man. It's not Satan. Right? He just kind of twists. Right. And so it was like this wrestle, this wrestling thing I had where the bands I liked, they weren't Christian bands. So I'm like, am I allowed to like this or be inspired by it? Because truthfully, that's what I was and am inspired by is a lot of those bands. And I, st- I like, you know, Christian bands st- still and it's whatever. But even that term Christian band, Christian music doesn't make sense. There's no such thing as Christian music. There's Christian people who make music. But music is a product of a person. It's not a, it, it doesn't choose christ like music doesn't do that right and so it was like this weird thing of you're not allowed to like that but i did like it <laughs> so um and even like with uh, with colors you know sometimes we'll do like q a's and without it 100 percent of the times people will ask so tell us who your favorite bands are and me and james will always look at each other and be like are we gonna answer this and whatever and we- <laughs> We just started, you know, going for it. Like, you know, he he likes Deftones and Silverchair, and he likes Blindside too, which are Christian guys. But just being like, and people will push back, like, well, how can you listen to that with those lyrics or with whatever? And and James is like, I'm a musician and a guitar player. I like how they play guitar and write music. Yeah, like, it's not like I listen to it and all of a sudden it's like, well, got to serve Satan now. Just, <laughs> Metallica song, you know, and I think that was a fear for a long time of, you know, Christian parents and whatever being scared that you're going to hear something sure, and sure. it will literally turn you into Marilyn Manson, right. you know, so, yeah. um, but you, you brought up the album, like I kind of, uh, so I've been doing Christian music for a, a long time, weirdly, like not something I ever tried to get into. It wasn't like, what, you know, couldn't wait to be the next audio adrenaline or something like that. Um, but uh, I was just doing that for so long, and then this last year or so, I um, I had all these like things I wanted to sing about and write about. But whenever I would try, I'd hit like this mental block of like it's not worship, can't do it. And it was weird. And uh, I was talking to my friend Jordan, and he was just talking about the some the same thing of being just being an artist, like first, like God creates us uh, like as artists. So what you do doesn't belong to the church, you know, it belongs to God. And so there is some, 
so much more of a, a broader spectrum of things that the Christian should or can and should address besides just like Sunday morning or congregational worship. You know what I mean? I think John, McMar John Mark McMillan is a great example of a guy who's just like, I'm just going to do like kind of music I want to do. And I think that's why people latched onto it because it's so different from what was going on on, you know, Christian radio or whatever, wherever you couldn't tell if it was third day or mercy me or, you know, whoever, uh, when John Mark comes on, you know exactly who's, who's singing. So yeah. it was inspiring to me. I was like, well, I'm just going to go for it then. Um, so I just started writing literally like what I wanted to. So the first song I wrote uh, coming up on a year, the first song I released was politicians and celebrities because even as a Christian, like I still care about what happens in our world, you know, politics. And I was just was like fed up with uh, the fact that we look to these people as our beacon and they don't know us. We don't know them. They're not a part of our lives. They don't really affect anything, but we still look to them as like, they're going to fix our problems and they're not, you know? And so I wrote a song just about that and it felt so good, dude, <laughs> to like get that off my chest. And then I, uh, you know, the song that Chris played that mandolin on, I wrote about my dad because he had passed away and I hadn't really like uh, addressed it. It had been like eight years. And so um, I was like, I'm gonna write a song about that. So I did that and that was super cathartic for me as well. And then I, so then I just was like, I'm just literally gonna write about what I want and uh, not worry about if it's worship or if it's even quote unquote Christian music, you know, so. Yeah, it's been it's been really uh, yeah it's been really freeing for me. It's it's been fun. It was hard to break through that mindset though, honestly. Of just like being you know in Cutlass too. Like I've been in Christian bands for so long that you're like there's almost like a, a mental block. Uh, I think it's easy to get caught up in that kind of stuff, you know, and kind of suppress certain things that maybe God's not even asking you to do. It's just yeah. Christian culture sure. is making it up, you know, so. Who yeah. else have you been collaborating with? And I know um, you had Joey from Disciple play drums, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so for the album, uh, I had, uh, so I had you on there. You played mandolin and saxophone. Um, uh, Ethan Luck, he's a drummer in, out in Nashville. He's played with uh, Demon Hunter, Reliant K. He did like a, a stint for a while with Kings of Leon. And um, so I had him play drums on a few songs. Our old Cutlass drummer, Drew Porter, played on some. Uh, actually, uh, you know the band Silent Planet? You heard of that band? So Thomas is a good friend of mine. He's, a, he's the bass player. So he plays bass on Everything is Outrage, one of those songs. And uh, yeah, my buddy Jason, who's a, a friend of mine just here in Bakersfield. And my wife makes multiple appearances on there. Um, yeah, so been cool you know I, I, it's another weird thing too of like so what do i do with this because it's not air one it's not caleb or anything like that it's not something but yet it's it's um it is like christian coming from a christian perspective on these like topics so it's not necessarily something where i'm like hey can you play this on the christian radio station so it's kind of this weird you know uh do i want to try to use any of those contacts or not it's it's weird it's kind of a a different thing but um yeah I, I i've i've had some i've just sent it to like just people i trust and different things and gotten some some good feedback on it but i think they're surprised um, you're gonna put it on spotify and itunes and everything though right? yeah yeah it, it'll uh all the digital stuff um i'll have physical copies this week but yeah it's, it's on all those platforms and i got videos and stuff on youtube music videos and stuff but um yeah yeah it's been cool and you're incorporating your art with it, right? Yeah. So the, originally the plan was uh, because I wanted to sort of do one song at a time. Also, this is my first uh, kind of forte into like recording myself at all. So I, I just got a setup at my house and just started going for it. Um, and then uh, basically, you know, to be able to look back and see the progression of songwriting and production over time, it's kind of like a nice like, I don't know, it's like a year in review essentially, because the first one came out in July and the whole album will come out in June. And, uh, but every song I wanted to have like its own artwork that kind of illustrated what the song was about. And then they all have like a uniform look. So uh, yeah, it's like kind of like a, 
the um, I don't know what you what you call it, but I just love like when artwork and albums and stuff all has like a theme, you know, and all the colors go together. So that was honestly one of the funnest part was just making album artwork for every one of them and just seeing all all of them lined up together, like the uniformity. Yeah, it did something for my OCD brain. When did you start getting into? When did you start doing the? Um, well, two questions. When did you start getting into art? And then when did you specifically start doing the like? What do you call that? The hybrid when it's like <laughs> the mashup stuff. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I was. I've been drawing since I was a kid. So uh, I used to. My dad used to take me to work with him, and he did construction. So essentially, you wake up at like five a.m. and you come home at five p.m. And so I would just be there at the at the yard, just there. So I would draw my action figures like all day. And so I started drawing when I was a kid, and I was really into comic books, still am. And uh, uh, yeah, so I've been drawing for a long time. Um, but the mashup thing, a couple of years ago, uh, probably around 2016, was kind of when like the ugliness of our society kind of started to like really show itself, you know, with elections and people basically just drawing lines and and everyone becomes an enemy based on your your politics or whatever and so i uh i was like man i just i want to do something fun it just seemed like there wasn't a lot of fun going on and so uh i would have these ideas all the time like puns and different things like rachel would say something i don't know and i would it would in my mind would trigger something like oh yeah and i would do a pun with it and so i just started um just doing pieces like that. So I think early on it was like, uh, I don't know what I was doing, like office type stuff. I don't know. I would draw Toby as like an evil snail because that's like one of the lines from the office that I really like because Michael, Michael says it's like being friends with an evil snail. So I just do that. Um, or like, uh, yeah, just mashing up, like taking punk rock albums and mashing them up with like uh, movies. So I did like a... Uh, He-Man, Ramones. It was a Ramones album cover, but it was like He-Man characters. Yeah, stuff like that. So, yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I just wanted to uh, just do something fun. Kind of, it kind of went along with the music, you know, like whatever was popped in my head. I wasn't gonna think too much about it. I was just gonna do it and put it out there. Yeah. So it's dangerous sometimes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Ryan, Ryan opens his mouth but then doesn't say anything, and I'm like, <laughs> I know. I was, I was smiling because you look, you look so intense with your eyes all just like you're just like. I was like, what? Chris has got something very wise yeah, to come. Like, yeah. No, my allergies. I don't know about y'all, but like allergy season is kicking my butt, and so. <laughs> oh yeah. Just constant like, like, watering eyes. Bakersfield is a not good place for allergies. Which is also scary during a pandemic because you're like, my throat's scratchy. Exactly. Oh no, you know that happens like every every couple of weeks. Like what? Oh no. Uh, yeah, we the valley is uh, out here in Bakersfield. Air quality is not good. So, yeah, man. <laughs> That's you can't <laughs> allergies, huh? <laughs> All right. <laughs> you can't see on this uh, this call like how long we've been going. Uh, an hour now. Hour, oh, dude. we'll possibly go. It's an hour and 40 seconds right now. So it's a good thing we didn't Zoom, huh? Right, because we would have oh, yeah. missed this whole 45 seconds about allergies and things like that. Would have been a wash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude, but I'm, uh, I'm, I'm actually working on that video with you in it, Chris. So that'll be out pretty soon. It's a, um, it's a cover, a social D cover, but Chris Bellamy on saxophone and then Joey West from Disciples on drums. And so that was cool because I, I reached out to him uh, and just asked him, hey, you want to do a collab? He's like, yeah, dude. And I think he was probably expecting some, something else than what I gave him. I was like, I really want to do this Social D song. He had never heard the band or the song or the genre really. It wasn't really his thing. Uh, but he's like, I'll give it a go. And he rocked it, of course. He's such a good drummer. Yeah. Yeah. That's have fun. you heard him, Ryan? I haven't. You haven't heard Disciple Live? I haven't. Dude, 
That was our last was with Disciple. <laughs> yeah, they're they're great, man. Their um their new album came out a few months ago, and uh, it's really good. Disciple's been a, around for a long time. Uh, Kevin started the band when he was like fourteen. Dang. Yeah, and they they've been. I don't want to get the info wrong here, but they've been a band for like maybe twenty years, maybe something like that. He's been doing maybe longer. Yeah, and uh, Joey is a another guy who was doing worship too and loved heavy heavy music, you know, Slipknot and stuff like that. And uh, he was, I think he was he was drumming some church. He was he was drumming there, and then somehow I don't know how it happened with Disciple. He's he's playing drums for Disciple, and he rocks, man. Good. We should add in your story about how you started playing with Cutlass. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. Um, so I was in a band with uh, the mythical creature, Sean, uh, Ryan's brother. We were in a band together, and um, we, went, we got the opportunity to go on a tour with like eight bands, and Cutlass was one of the bands. They were the headliner. And... Um, so I was doing a lot of video stuff at the time. I would make these like parody videos and in my mind somehow good. <laughs> yeah. Somehow like I'm gonna do a video where I'm obsessed with Cutlass and I'm gonna like try to be in the band. And so it was this whole like office style documentary video, which you can find on YouTube still. I think if Is you that type- one still up somewhere? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't on our channel, it was another I think it's like Nate from Cutlass or something like that. And um, it, so it was like this whole documentary about how I was like obsessed with Cutlass and trying to be in the band and they were like super weirded out by it and all that stuff. And uh, it's funny, it's got like fi- uh, Firefly and Thousand Foot Crutch, all these people are in it. And then um, fast forward like six years later, um, I had actually become friends with J- uh, James and John Micah. And he literally called me out of the blue around 2015 because uh, I had put out some music with Rachel. We did like a worship uh, EP. And I don't know if he heard that. And they just happened, they needed a guitar player. Uh, Nick had just left. So he called me and um, I was like, hey, do you want to play guitar uh, for us? I was like, yeah. It's literally like the least exciting part of the whole deal. I was like, yeah. <laughs> and so he's like, all right, cool. Learn these uh, 20 songs or whatever. And then I went up to Oregon to like practice and I did not do good. Uh, I was super nervous and I sucked a little bit. Um, but w- my first show was with Toby Mack. So there was like thousands of people there and I was like, huh. Um, but it went great. But everyone thinks that that video is from now. <laughs> because it, it, yeah, they're like, oh yeah, I saw your video of how you joined Cullis. I'm like, no, that was like. <laughs> <laughs> like six years before it happened. So I have a theory that, and maybe it's true, I can make things happen. If I make a video about it, it will happen. Oh, so I'm doing a video right now of where I just walk down the street and find like a million dollars sitting in a uh, backpack. And so hopefully that will come true as well. But yeah, super weird, right? <laughs> like super random. Um, Had James so seen the video? James is in the video. Oh, James is in the James is in the there's a whole part where I'm obsessed with James and I'm stalking him. I remember that. I didn't know that still existed. I'm gonna but go he, watch it. But, but like he he participated or you were just filming him from no. a distance? <laughs> yeah. At first it was from a distance and then we we decided to the guy who was producing the video was like we should like include all these people. So there's like interviews with like other band people who are like, Yeah, Nate's cool, but he's sorta he's a little weird and there's all these clips of me like watching James through like a window as he's playing guitar. I'm like, yeah, it's, and my band is like super bummed. They're like, yeah, we don't see Nate much anymore. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, super weird how like, and then six years later, like I'm in Cutlass and people think that that's a video about when I joined the band. That's great. Yeah. We so, need to link that video somehow. Well, yeah. And the YouTube. We'll, it, we'll get it. We'll put a link in the, I haven't even the seen that. Oh yeah. It's, I, it's, I've seen it. I didn't know there was a purge at one point where a lot of those great videos are gone, but like, I didn't know that one's still out there. <laughs> that was survived because that was a third party. So okay, uh, there was like awesome. a production company on tour with us and that's their video. That's awesome. so I was making our own. And then right. when I wanted to do that one, he's like, let's do it as like an official video. So, um, 
but yeah, I've been I've been playing with them for yeah, it's about five years now. Yeah. I had no business playing with them. Like, I, I was like, can I even do this? I actually asked a friend. I was like, do you think I could pull this off? He's like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, cool, cool, cool. Uh, so I just I learned all the songs, and then about halfway into it, James was we would Skype or FaceTime. And he's like, all right, so then show me the lead part. And I was like, oh, I, I don't know. I was just doing the rhythm. I was like, wait, am I the lead player? He's like, yeah, you're learning all the lead stuff. I was like, oh, cool. Uh, can I call you back? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I didn't even know I was, I was playing lead. I, I just figured I'd play rhythm. Yeah. But yeah, I was just doing lead stuff. That's yeah, that's fun. Cool. You should do another video, part 2020 video, but it's this time it's James like worth dying for is going to do a reunion tour <laughs> and perform at the belonging. And James wants to be part of worth dying for. I love it. And it will be so hard to get him to do that. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, you want to do what? All right. <laughs> yeah, he's like, nah, <laughs> we should make a part two though of like, you know, like it's, I'm with the band. Am I just acting normal? You know, like, yeah, guys, good show, whatever. And then behind the scenes, I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm doing it. I'm doing it. And I turn, start to, I'm still have like a shrine still of like all the cutlass stuff. Gosh. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode. We would love to connect with you. Shoot us a DM on Instagram. Find us on all the socials you could possibly think of. I, I don't think we're on Vine anymore. I apologize for that. But you can find us basically anywhere. Can't wait to meet you.